Good Monday morning, you bastards. Matt checking in. Jonathan's here. Here we go again. Jonathan, it is almost summer. You know, this is Easter week. It was like, like I remember as a kid, Easter week was the week that we used to uh, challenge each other to see if uh, who would go swimming in the lake. Because there's a lake by where we where we grew oh, up. Because it might be still cold enough. Yeah, it was kind of like the marker. Like we, you know, we'd go do our family stuff, and then me and my cousin and his friends would go down the lake and try to attempt to go swimming. Because <laughs> we used to get uh, kites. I mean, my aunt used to give us kites every year, so we'd take the kites and fly them over the lake, and then oh, yeah. you know, it's usually freezing balls, and someone would always try to jump in the lake and. So you can man it up. <laughs> so I don't really know, like, what is a, like, it's like Morley Labor Day is our sea, swimming season around here. Right, so right. it's still cold, but, man, it, it, we've had this kind of weird, we've talked about this already, the weird weather of, like, waking up, oh, my God, we're going to go do stuff, and never mind, go back to sleep, you yeah, know? It's freezing cold. Drive me nuts. It was, a bit, it was weird this week, because, um, so I just went out to Columbia for a few days. And Columbia? I, wearing a T-shirt. Like t-shirt pants, I got this. The first night there, I walk out of the shop and I'm like freezing my balls off. Yeah, and you're too skinny to be cold, man. I know. Well, I'm in the dumbass because I, I your beard's coming back though. It's slowly. <laughs> uh, I packed my tablet in a, a hoodie all the time. Yeah, I saw and that. So I'm like, I'm out there and I'm like, I have nothing. I'm gonna have to go to the thrift store tomorrow. And when I'm like rooting through my bag the next morning i'm like oh i'm an idiot yeah you had one the whole time you repurposed it it was no longer a sweatshirt it was a tablet cover it is yeah um so i don't know you want to talk about traveling it's a it's a season coming up i know that uh oh side note plug tick and um from black uh black rat tattoo in las cruces new mexico she emailed me and she said she really liked the last episodes with the print capture display oh, cool. um, episodes. and uh, But the reason I bring it up is she was just on a 1,200-mile uh, cross-country trip in an automobile, and it Very helped right. kill the time. So, um, yeah, man, that's that's a – we'll talk about traveling a little bit, and I think it's neat that people are using the podcast to, you know, zone out while they're – Road hogging Yeah, out. while they're going cross-country and stuff. Hello, Tick. I miss you. I haven't seen you in, like – Probably two or three, four years. Thanks for the feedback. Even though she, I don't think she ages, she kind of <laughs> she kind of looks the same. Perfect. Yeah, um, you're one of those rare people. I look. Meanwhile, I look older and more haggard. <laughs> anyway, I'm getting more gray hair. Where was the first time? Like, I mean, not like European trip. Like I went overseas. Like, do you remember your first like big boy trip? Where like I'm going and I got my map. I'm I'm getting out of here. Mm, I'm trying to remember which one came first. Um, Because my first solo trip was actually overseas. Um, I went to England to visit family and just screw around by myself after high school, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, But my first solo road trip was up to Minneapolis to go record a record with some friends of mine. Oh, no shit. Which was really cool. That's awesome. Um, We, like, met freshman year and were playing music, and they were like, yeah, let's go do this. So that summer, uh, me and my buddy, who was living just out of Kansas City, 
I drove up, picked him up, and then we drove up to Minneapolis. And that was rad. Yeah, those are the days of, of mixtapes and beef jerky. Oh yeah. You know, and you didn't. You just had like a, a paper map, and you're like, "Where are we going? Are we supposed to get off here? When's the next exit?" You know, fortunately, like living in St. Louis, you have Kansas City, Chicago, Memphis, Louisville. So, you know, in the in the early days, we used to follow bands. Like if a band was playing in Chicago, oh yeah, you'd run up there, see them in Chicago, then you'd follow them to St. Louis, and you follow them to Kansas City, and you maybe maybe you followed them on to another city, but you got to see the same band like four times in like five nights in different environments. Yeah, and that's what made this, the music scene here so cool. Is we really could you know kind of dip like around, latch on to to different music scenes or bands or whatever but yeah i got the i got the hell out of dodge when i turned um 18 and i actually moved to florida and that was uh that's where that's where i finally like i guess broke the bubble of what is you know what is my environment and this is it god Mm. kill me now you know (laughs) i grew up in uh i went to high school in belleville illinois which is i'm not even joking like about once or twice a year, you hear another guy killed himself over there that you grew up with, and I wonder if it's in the water or whatever. And it's sure. to the point now where you're like, whatever, you know, sucks. Wish we would have got out of town. Yeah. Um, but yeah, if you like, so being being in a in an environment where I mean, we had um, a guy named Mister Isom. He was our he was our like our 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 guru he was our guy that told us like this isn't it this isn't the rest of the world create art trust in art and you can mm. you can live life and he knew that Belleville wasn't it was not like the the most open-minded place but he was the one that pushed us the hardest cool um but you know if you if you grow up in a town that is just so like you know back in the old days if you skateboarded you got hi skate fag you know, like, oh, yeah. got beat up and shit, well, you know? I, I grew up in Farmington, which I feel like is a little smaller than Belleville. Maybe not now. But it's about the same, man. But yeah. yeah the, same. Uh, the, the only connection Belleville had was we were right next to St. Louis, so we could, like, by association, act like we were a big city. Yeah. Well, our weekend road trips were to come up to Vintage Vinyl and flip through records and CDs. Yeah. But, yeah, same thing. Like, <clears throat> we just grew up, and, like, the number one goal was to get the fuck out. Get out. You know, eventually. And yeah, we skated. That was the only thing that kept us sane. Skated and ride bikes. Yeah, skated, did artwork, you know. And then and it's like the people who didn't get out really turned to the addiction side of things. Oh, yeah. You know, and um, there's a whole side tangent. There's so, studies that say, like, your environment breeds your addiction more than nature and nurture. You it's know? so weird how that happens. Like, you either have the drive to get out or you, I, I don't know, you get... Uh, What's the word I'm looking for? You're just comfortable, or you revert into you. You're like beat down. Yeah. Really? I mean, there's no like, there's no better way to put it than you. You just get so beat down thinking that this is life, Mm. you know. And I was able to. I worked at a skateboard shop, and um, the owner sold it and moved to Florida. And so when I when it came to turning 18. He was he was the only guy I knew that lived the farthest away from Belleville. Oh, yeah. He lived in Clearwater, Florida. So I just packed up a Ford Tempo Booked and went it. down there. And it was just I mean you're going from like, you know I picture Belleville nowadays as the overcast and there's the old brewery and the railroad tracks and you know just dark. 
Sure. Flat. And, yeah. I mean, you're talking about a city where the city planner made the roads based on the old cow pass. I mean, I'm not even shitting you. Like, yeah. the, there's a road that, like, wor- swerves everywhere, B Street. It was a it was a cow path at one time, you know? Like, they didn't go, they're like, that's good enough, just follow that. I've been using it for years. What's wrong with it? You know what I mean? <laughs> to, like, living on a beach and just seeing how much more lighthearted. And I remember, like, I brought so much of my mentality with mm-hmm. me to the beach well i think i think that's natural but it's not until you're in that new environment for a while that you're like you you start either getting called out or you start having that social awkwardness where it's like oh maybe i should think about this shit differently or yeah i i I like would find other people that were like me you know like like people who like grew up in more city type environments Mm -hmm. more like fist fighty type environments you know yeah and uh it is kind of weird how you 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 awkwardly you're you're conditioned you awkwardly miss that that what you know yeah you know but i guess the whole point of what we're talking about today jonathan is that you need to feed your soul and you and it, you got to know especially if you're sitting in one spot and like dude this morning i woke up crabby and you know everything i've said to you this today before the podcast was like just shit storming complaining you know sure. but you have to get out of your of your area. Break the routine. Yeah, you got it. That's your only way to get perspective. To see how other people are doing it. It's oh, amazing. Yeah. And um, <clears throat> excuse me. There's a there's a rule in uh, New York that you got to get out like every five or six months. Mm. Otherwise, you get burnt out. Oh, you go batshit crazy. Yeah, I couldn't even imagine. I just I I actually was supposed to go back up to New York this weekend. And uh, I couldn't do it. I couldn't buy the tickets. I had two two tattoo appointments lined up, and um, I just it just fe- like nowadays, like going to New York feels like crawling back into a trap. Mm. <laughs> you know, the, the, you need a new location. Yeah, man. I mean, New York used to be New York was a place at first. At first breath, New York was a place that. Everybody was at the top of their game, it seemed. You know, you didn't see the flashiness mm. and then the poor behind it, you know? True. Like, everyone's, like, fucking sucking on Skittles wrappers to get behind shit. <laughs> you know, all you see is, like, how innovative everyone is and what a fresh approach and how everyone just... And it's, like, they're not doing that because New York brought the best out of them. Sure. They're doing it out of necessity. Like, if I'm not the fucking best, I don't fucking eat, you know? Yeah. And that's that's how I feel right now, anyway. It, it definitely feels like it... The, uh, that whole, that weird situation where it's like, oh, everyone's tuned into like, I need to be in New York and everyone's migrating there sort of thing. And you're realizing that everyone's struggling no matter what. Yeah. You know, the only people that are surviving are the ones that have been there for 15 years. Oh, the people, the people that are doing good are just like any other, any other larger cities. Like if you're rooted you know, you're good. Yeah. But <clears throat> before you can get rooted somewhere and before you can get that good, you've all those people left for a while, too. Oh, yeah. You know, they all came from other places or had different things. So uh, I think, you know, as far as like life eye opening, I did the same when I was uh, that, that year that I moved to Florida. Um, I went to Europe and backpacked when I was 18 or 19. And wow. I mean, just how everything doesn't have to be done now and mm-hmm. how everything doesn't have to be done with a hammer and how everything, you know, it, it's just really hard to explain. Like 
when people spend more time with their city planning and with landscaping and with environment, how you wake up and you you feel more motivated and you think back to like where Belleville, where every sidewalk is cracked and there are no trees and planters on the sidewalks oh, yeah. and you know, there's broken down cars that don't get moved, you know. I mean, I'm sure things have changed, but I'm, I'm talking like 30 years ago. Well, there's something to be said too with uh, being out, being outside of your typical realm gives you the opportunity to slow down and do things that you don't that you were either putting off or didn't have time to do like waking up in the morning and having coffee and maybe reading Mm -hmm. or waking up and writing for a little bit in the morning or just taking a walk somewhere and getting the opposite of grinding exactly the exact opposite of just surviving yeah you don't have any obligations as it were or they're nowhere near what they are when you're back home. And you're and the funny thing is is that people that are living over there, a lot of times my experience was those people didn't have to grind. Those people understood a lot of things we talk about, like the hard stops and enjoying your weekend, enjoying your family. Yeah. Um, and stuff like that. What so I guess the question here is summer's coming up. We're trying to encourage our podcast listeners to get out of that seat that they're, you know, they sat in all winter. Yeah. Get outside, do more than you know. I mean, if you just if you can, all you can do is go get a, get a hike in, mm-hmm. cool. But there are ways to to travel that that don't take a lot of money. You know, you can. I mean, nowadays with Airbnb, um, yeah. you know, you just Amtrak it. There are cheap ways to get around. You don't have to get the deluxe five thousand dollar package to Jamaica. We're not talking about resort style traveling. Oh, yeah. We're talking about just get out of your environment and for good or for bad, find a new place. What would you be on your list of like top three places that would not only change your your attitude, maybe change your pers- perspective, and really like there's no coming back from that. Like once you've seen it and lived it, you just can't go home and and, and work the same anymore. Uh, mainland Europe, mainly. I want to get out to Germany and mm-hmm. Amsterdam mm-hmm. and. Um, California mm-hmm. for me oh God ever since ever since I was young I feel like I've been stuck in this weird like 50s 60s male mentality where California's the dreamland that's where it's happening mm-hmm. and it's still out there for me but I I want to go out and experience it on my own and see what what it's all about because I've only been to San Francisco mm-hmm. and San Jose but like I, I want to go see Southern California. Yeah, I'm the opposite. I saw Southern California. <laughs> I want to go north. I want to see the redwoods. I want to go see mm. like everything that all the the beatniks wrote about. I want to go see Big Sur. Like I didn't, and it's almost like to go see Big Sur after my picture of it from what like Henry Miller wrote right. and what Jack Kerouac wrote. Like it's probably way different. There's probably Quickie Marts and Walgreens now. <laughs> so I don't know if I'll ruin it. But yeah, I'm the opposite on that. Um, why do you say Germany? Um, I have always, I've always been intrigued by, um, mainland Europe, but Germany mainly cause a, my sister's out there, but then, um, one of Dan's really good friends, uh, Marco's got a shop out in Amsterdam and I want to go out and meet him and mm-hmm. check that place out. Cause it seems like a, a really cool environment. I got in a lot of trouble in, in Amsterdam when I was 18. It was a blast. <laughs> I don't regret, regret any of it. Well, the, the big thing for me too is, um, like, I'm really into cycling. Yeah, but you don't even smoke weed. 
That's like, I thought that's what Amsterdam went, like, you go to Amsterdam to smoke weed and stuff. Oh, yeah, or do anything. Would you smoke weed if you went to Amsterdam? I don't know. I, I'm not going to rule it out. Yeah. <laughs> Jonathan, hi. That's going to be hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, cycling is a big thing for me. Yeah. And I feel like mainland Europe is, like, the motherland, as it were. You know, like, France, Italy, Spain, all those places just... And the Netherlands, like Belgium, God, I'd love to go to Belgium and just ride my bike. What are you hoping to get out of like out of that? Um, I don't know. Maybe maybe it's some sort of like. So my mom's English, you mm-hmm. know, and I I loved going over to England, and there's something about stepping off. And like walking around England in the rain, and you, it just felt like home to me. Felt felt it feels natural. Yeah, that is a weird intrinsic thing. Like I, um, I'm drawn to Austria, and I'm drawn to uh, more of the mountains of Austria. And um, I have a good friend named Max who owns a shop called Tattoos of the Max, and I've probably worked at that shop maybe 20 times. So I, I, nice. I've been to Austria quite a bit. Like I, I've been there enough that I have a routine when I get off the airplane. You know where to go. Yeah, I just like when, when people come with me, I'm like, come on, let's just get on the train and go. <laughs> like, this is this is Vienna. Vienna sucks balls. Stop taking pictures of trash cans. <laughs> yeah, Vienna's, a, Vienna's a pretty city if you have a shit ton of money. And we don't. So let's get the <laughs> fuck out of here and get to the countryside where everything's cheaper. Sure. Um, but my my family is from southern Germany, and this is more northern Austria, and that border is blended like it's it moved physically a couple times but the the bavarian mindset is still the same oh yeah and so it's the same for me like there's um it was funny like the, the some of the foods aren't different because my grandfather made similar things and i even had a grandmother that had a pretty thick accent when we were younger yeah so it was funny how you kind of you do get drawn back to what's like in your genes or or whatever yeah i mean uh regardless of the cultural difference like you feel like you resonate with the the that environment, even though you stick out like a sore thumb. Yeah, and work, especially if you're from a place where you don't feel like you fit in. Yeah. So that would probably be a really good idea. Like, if, if you want to get out somewhere this year, like maybe go back to your your real roots, like where your grandma and grandpa are from, if you can figure that one out. Which I I feel like is kind of an easy thing, being an American, because we're all coming from somewhere. I mean. You you have a very long lineage of being in Southern Illinois. Yeah, but even so. But you, we, my 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 actually, on a side note, my dad's actually got us traced back pretty far. My my daughter is a, a direct um, descendant of Queen Elizabeth. Oh, cool. And then we've got a couple other interesting ones in there. Um, but yeah, my 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 dad's got everything mapped pretty far back. That's right. Yeah. But yeah, using using your family as a, a a kicking off point is a good thing if you're just like, well, I've always wanted to travel, but I never know where to go. Yeah. You know, sometimes doing that, like, I don't know, it, I'm trying to think of like some obscure place, but like e- even if your family's from some place where you never think when, of going, <laughs> I think the worst is the worst is that people that go somewhere and then they want to apply that new experience to coming back home as if they're better than the people uh, in sure. Belleville. Right. I just came from Thailand where we had raw papaya every morning. I can't find good raw papaya to save my life around here. Of course you can. You're in the middle of the night. <laughs> I was like, put your sh- shoes back on. What are you doing? You're not on an island in the 
Pacific, you weirdo. Like, that's that's the opposite of what I'm trying to say here with a travel thing. Like, don't go and come back and use it to be an asshole. Go right. and figure out how to, how to incorporate some of those new things into your life. I think one of the things that should be said about um, traveling is you should remove expectations. Don't go there thinking, I'm going to find this. Because mm. really, like, you're not going to find it. You're not gonna. You're usually not gonna find that that main thing you you're looking for. Like like I grew up listening to um, I don't know like some German hip hop, you know. And mm. you get over there and that's like everyone's like that scene dissolved twenty years ago. What are oh, you right, right. What are you talking about? You know. Yeah, I think it's important. You got to keep your mind. You got to be open to like letting what's gonna happen happen. Yeah, just get over there and just be. Yeah. There's a, a saying someone had on our gravestone and it said, don't try. <laughs> and I think that's pretty much just show up. Yeah. Be attentive. Be observant. Let it happen. Yeah, let it all happen. I think that's rule number one in traveling is is just get rid of your expectations. Well, real, real quick, you you, t- you tell a story of uh, going to Europe with only like 80, what, 80 bucks in your I pocket. landed in Vienna with $84 so, in my pocket. So that, that's a big hang-up for people. It's like, well, I just I just don't have the money to travel. You know, like what, for you, because you've done it pretty frequently, like what are, what are some like mental shifts that you can do to kind of help just Get well, I think one thing that, that Americans are held back by is security. Like we, we, if, if there's a cultural oddness if, if for, for people coming over here, mm-hmm. our cultural oddness is our desire to lock the doors all the time, our desire to make sure our kids are no more than five feet away, right. that we buy. We have like all these alarm systems on about everything we own. They sell alarms for lawnmowers, you know. Even our I mean, keys. <laughs> yeah. I mean, everything has an alarm on. Everything is like this. That we have this heightened alert uh, security that usually is is irrelevant you know and that that feeling of security ends up bleeding into other aspects of our life like we buy warranties for everything sure. and then we when we go on vacation and we're not talking about vacation we're talking about traveling but when we go on vacation we want to make sure by god damn it we we have the best vacation ever it's like a griswold oh, right. style mentality you know and so we want to make sure that we get the right pictures. We want to make sure we eat the good food. And, you know, when we go on vacation and things don't go our way, I mean, we just cry like a bunch of little babies, you know? So I think try to forget that you're an American if you're going overseas, mm. you know? Or try to not travel like an American, even if you stay in America. Like, stay away from anything that is trap-y, trap-ish, like a trap. Like, Anything that's like, we've got everything here you need. Don't ever leave. Right. You know, like a Disney World experience. Yeah. Disney World's cool. Let us curate your experience. But get out there, you know. Get out there and just experience and just be. And don't try to um, make it a situation where if you don't get A, B, and C on this trip, it's it's crap. You know, that being said, um, you know, when we stay stateside, me and my wife, we stay off the interstate. We stay off anything mm. that's like large corporate um like McDonald's ish, you know, yeah. uh, you know, we get on the back roads and, and our goal, our goal, our only goal when we travel in the States is to find good pie and coffee. And so we could be like, you know, flying, we might have like three days to get somewhere and, and we might have only been on the road for like 45 minutes and we're like, oh, pie. Yeah. <laughs> and you just have to stop and go get pie, sure. you know, because what's the point of getting out? And so it's the same thing, like get rid of your deadlines. Get rid of your expectations. Just go experience. Yeah. That's awesome.
What what would you say to somebody who's like, I I don't have I don't have the money to travel. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, everything takes a little bit of money, you know, but obviously you can lower your standards pretty <laughs> pretty low. <laughs> you know, I have a friend. His way out of uh, L.A. was by train, and it wasn't by buying a ticket. You know, he sure. train jumped for years. So I mean, if you're if you're in that situation, you know, if you're in the in the I need to get the hell out of here. Don't I mean, don't be afraid to jump on a train. <laughs> <laughs> but um, you know, the thing of it is, is that you you only need a um, you only need the desire. To, and and once you get there, everything works itself out. If you don't put yourself in the opportunities, um, then, then nothing happens. Um, yeah, think, even that time that I that I flew over. To, I, I mean, I I knew I was going to Europe, and I knew I was, I knew I had this trip coming up. Sure, I blew all my money before the trip, and so I literally I got on a plane with eighty four bucks, and I was like. I mean, once I'm there, what are you going to do? Sure. Kick me out because I don't have any money? Yeah. I'll figure something out. And I did. Everything worked out fine. But um, there's like, you know, like I said, there's Airbnb. There's tents. There's backpacking. I did a three-month trip one time in the United States. And it went from uh, St. Louis to San Diego and a different and via Colorado. Then a, then we turned us via um, uh, Texas. So made that loop to St. Louis. Uh, got some new clothes, went down to the Keys, and then came back up. We were out for three months, and we got one hotel room. Nice. We did it, it all with a with a tent. Well, you know? And my wife and I, real quickly, we in college we did a, a trip across Oregon, like west west coast on the ocean, walked all the way to Boise, Idaho, and um, yeah, we we had a tent, and surprisingly enough. A lot of the time, we ended up sleeping on people's houses because we would just like walk up and knock on the door and be like, "Hey, do we mind if we pitch a tent in your yard?" And they're like, "Oh no, come on inside." Yeah, you know, it's like just putting or like we were eating dinner somewhere and they're like, "Do you guys need a place to stay tonight?" Or I mean, if we were in a pinch, we were on the top of the mountain, we'd walk out and pitch a tent in a, a forest, you know, and that was cool too. But yeah, you just make the most of what's. It was the here. same in Brazil. You would give a farmer a couple of bucks, and you could sleep in their in their uh, in their yard. Yeah, you know, most people are really cool about it, and that's I and mean, that's like if you read the book Air Conditioned Nightmare by Henry Miller, or mm. read the book On the Road by Jack Kerouac, read some of these books where people get out and travel, and notice the one thing they have in common is they don't go out and try to find the differences and everyone they try to find the common thread mm. there's a section in that book with henry miller air conditioned nightmare it's a book that he wrote after he got back from france the war had started and america had changed and so he bought this junker of a car and set off and there's a scene i think he's in georgia where he's sitting around a dinner table and there's people from every walk of life and it's such just such a great because that happens you find yourself i mean i found myself at tables with a senator um, a flamboyant gay man, hairdresser, um, a total weird redneck guy, and then, you know, a couple other oddballs, and then me as a tattoo artist, you know. Yeah. And the, there's nothing better than a conversation with cross-platform people. It's way better than Facebook. <laughs> well, because you also end up realizing that you all have something in common, no matter where you're coming from. Yeah. You know, and it's usually your opinions, you know. You can link up that way and that's what that's what we're trying to encourage with this this easy episode is we want you to get out there we want you to experience life 
and see things from someone else's point of view. And don't barge out into the world saying, this is everything I've learned, and then try to push your bullshit on everybody. Yeah. Go out there and try to see how things people see it differently. And as an artist, you will come back, and there's no way that you can have a great experience. Come back and keep putting your paintings in the same order. Oh, yeah. Keep drawing in the same order. Keep looking at the same things. Everything about you will change once once you've experienced. Definitely. I think that's a good place to stop it. <laughs> well, it's been another episode of the Bastards of Art podcast. You can find us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and www.bastardsart.com. Signing off. Thanks, guys.